Hey, this is Lori from Hike, sharing voices from on the trail. So, as I'm looking forward to bringing you my 100th episode on July 5th and closing out season two, I've thought a lot about what it takes to accomplish an effort like that and how much dedication and passion goes into a project where you regularly put something out and work towards a goal. And it got me thinking about Amy Bouchotts. Amy Bouchotts of Humans Outside just recently accomplished a very big goal, 1,000 days of spending at least 20 consecutive minutes in the outdoors. I had a chance to speak to Amy a few weeks ago, and I wanted to bring that conversation to my On the Trail segment. I know you're going to enjoy the conversation, and I want to say congratulations to Amy for putting that hard work in, and I hope you have a thousand more days outdoors. But who's counting, right? Let's just get outside. So take a listen to my conversation with Amy. So I'm here with Amy Bouchatz. Thanks for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So Amy, you're a fellow podcaster and, and that's how I connected with you. Um, but you're also a lot of other things to tell uh, the listeners who you are, just a little bit about, uh, you know, where you're based at and what you've been up to. Yeah. But first I have to say, it is so fun to see your face after listening to your podcast <laughs> and just having like a good, you know, with the face, the voice. And isn't that weird? It's, it's so weird. And it's so great. It's the smooth sounds of Lori on hike, you know, <laughs> if, if you're, if the podcast was jazz, you know, anyway, um, <laughs> so I am blushing. <laughs> I'm I'm Amy. Um, I run the Humans Outside podcast. Um, so in 2016, my family and I relocated from the um, Clarksville, Tennessee area, which is about 45 minutes outside of Nashville. Um, beautiful, beautiful area, right next to Land Between Lakes Recreation Area. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, and we were stationed there with the army. Uh, and we relocated from there to Anchorage, Alaska. And we moved up here to this area because we wanted to start over. We had never been here before. Uh, and we had the opportunity to get out of the army and start fresh. We wanted to refocus our lives on spending more time outside. Um, and we were like, well, where, where's the best place to do that? And so thought, you know, you know, it's a big change. Alaska. So we quite literally packed the station wagon, uh, mm -hmm. sold a bunch of our stuff, had some of it packed into the moving truck and moved up to Alaska. So it, it wasn't moved. a station change, was it? No. no. He, uh, See, so I thought that maybe he was up there stationed. Yeah. So he actually, when we got here, he joined the Alaska National Guard. So he still is in the military, but through okay. the state. Um, and so, because when you want to start over somewhere, you find a way to make it work. Right. Um, and so we wanted to start over here. Uh, so we bought a house sight unseen and we moved up to Alaska. Like, you know, it's just like this very pioneer sort of adventure story, but very Alaska, as it turns out, a lot of people do this. A lot of people come up here to start over. Uh, and so we got up here. 
and we refocused our lives on spending more time outside. Um, and for my husband, that was great. But about a year later, I realized that he had refocused his life on spending more time outside. And I was still doing my normal, you know, computer centric um, work thing where I spend a lot of time inside online. Uh, and I was waiting, I realized, for Alaska to do the thing I wanted it to do, which was be you know, present itself to me on a platter and just be available and have good weather and all of these things that you sort of expect the outdoors to conform to what you want. But if there's one thing you should know about Alaska, it's that Alaska is always going to be Alaska. It's not going to do what you want. It's a very wild place. Um, it's very untamed. That's why so many people like it. And I realized I was waiting for Alaska to do what I wanted, but I needed to change my own expectations and how I approach spending time outside. And the only way I know how to make myself do something is to present it as a challenge, you know, to like have a, um, you know, a streak or a challenge, right? So I said, okay, I'm going to see what happens if I spend time outside every single day, you know, no matter what the weather is, can I do that? And so I started this challenge um, called the Humans Outside 365 Challenge. Uh, and I started to spend at least 20 consecutive minutes outside every single day for a year. And uh, it, it was so transformative that I didn't stop. And I'm about to hit a thousand days coming up here in May. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thank you. So, but why 20 minutes? So what was behind that? So the most important part of picking a challenge is to pick something you're actually going to do because otherwise well frankly you won't do it right um so when i thought okay how much time can i do and then also the second question i asked myself before deciding that was how much time is actually worth doing and so i turned to some studies and some reading on what amount of time outside is actually valuable is it five minutes is it 45 minutes where do you start to see it's called dosage? Where do you start to see mm -hmm. a value in the dosage? And um, at the time, and this was in 2017, the literature really said that um, you start seeing some benefits around five minutes, you really see more benefits around 45 minutes, and there have actually since been studies that say something like two hours a week is really the right dosage. Um, so that actually conveniently lines up to 20 minutes or so a day, by the way. Uh, but um, I picked 20 minutes because I knew that I was never going to find 45 consecutive minutes in my day to do this every single day, but that was too much. It was something I was not going to do. And five minutes seemed kind of wussy. So 20 minutes it was. So has it ever been 1140 at night and that's your 20 minutes? Um, I, so I am not a night owl. Okay. I will always be in bed a little bit like on the early side. Um, right. There have been a couple of times that I have been traveling for work that I get to the point in the day that I wish I was asleep mm -hmm. and I have not done my 20 minutes. Uh, and so that's really as close as I've ever come to not doing it, uh, but I've always done it. Uh, but maybe in these instances, it was uh, a walk back to my hotel or walk around my hotel. A couple times. <laughs> a couple times that this happens, yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, I was wondering about that. And because I know as I follow your uh, Instagram and social media that, you know, recently you had been, uh, you know, maybe last month or so you were traveling and line 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 and You know, I know those flights uh, to Alaska are not 
are not short. <laughs> so, so that right. was like, you know, considering what your, um, you know, jet lag and all of those other components and yeah. So there have been a couple of times that they're, you're right. They're not short. So just for perspective, um, mm -hmm. a lot of people don't know that Alaska is in its own time zone. It's four hours behind the East coast. Um, it takes about three and a half hours to fly to Seattle from Alaska. So add that to however long it takes you to get to Seattle from wherever you are. So to get to the East coast is about eight hours in the air. And that doesn't include layovers and getting to and from the airport and all of that other stuff. Okay. So all that to say, if I'm going to Washington, DC, which I do quite a bit, this is an all day activity <laughs> and it starts very early in the morning. And by the time you add on a four hour time change, it is late at night yes. um, or it's done overnight. Right? So there have been a couple of days that my outdoor time has been in the dark. Um, my sons and I traveled to uh, DC last fall. We left here at like four in the morning. Unbelievable. By the way, I was just so tired um, getting kids up into the airport at that time. Uh, and we landed there at six o'clock at night, but it was October. So it was dark or November is dark. Uh, and we got in a rental car and I looked up on my phone. Okay, where's there a park that might be lit? You know, mm -hmm. uh, there's not a great app for that, by the way, that I found. So someone out there uh, needs end, to make uh, that. Some, come on guys, help me out. Yeah. So we, we end up in a, um, a like softball sports complex in some neighborhood near Dulles airport. And we went on a walk in someone's neighborhood for 20 minutes and just, you know, just walking in the dark. I'm sure people had like phoned the neighborhood pops, like who are these people? So you're very committed. You, so your, your children know. Your children know. They that know. You're Going outside. Today is not the day. Um, we have absolutely taken um, the um, time, uh, your layover time between flights. Uh, if it is more than an hour, thank the Lord for TSA pre-check because we'll out to the uh, out to the curb. And I have I have marched my children up and down the airport drop-off area in Seattle more than one time, uh, you know, but guess what? The sun is still warm if it's not raining in Seattle. Uh, the, <laughs> the air is cleaner than it is in the airport, right? It's just, yes. it's still outside. There's still a benefit to that. So, so all of what I'm hearing, you know, I'm translating it to a lot of times, like right now, because um, we're in the middle of, you know, depending on what state you're in and how things are going, a lot of us are either confined to our homes, confined to our neighborhoods, um, maybe local parks, um, you know, a lot of trails are closed. So, you know, you are finding a way to get outside for 20 minutes every day. Uh, what's your advice for people who, you know, are sitting here, you know, lamenting maybe that their favorite trailheads, you know, close now, what they usually do, where they usually run, um, things like that. What advice would you give people? So the studies show that any time outside is beneficial. Okay. Is time outside on the curb at the airport as good or as beneficial as time on your favorite trail, listening to the birds? Absolutely not. All right. No joke but it's still better than not going outside. So my advice is to go outside any way you can. When I set this challenge, one of my rules was that any outside time counted because I knew that there would be days that I was at the airport. 
right? It, I knew there would be days that I was in the dark. It doesn't have to be outside time spent moving. It doesn't have to be outside time spent in your favorite space. It just has to be outside. Get outside, do whatever you have to do. Just spend time outside. You know, Forrest, uh, on the podcast I recently interviewed, a forest certified forest therapist who's talking about the value of um, forest bathing and the perspective of just sitting in place um, and hitting the same place you go over and over and over again and spending time like a um I, th I think she called it a, a sitting spot right like just very common, like very simple concept right so you go to the same place repeatedly and you spend time there noticing things you didn't notice before so one time you'll sit down and you look at the, you look up and you just spend time looking up and the next time you look down right that we can do this during this period where we can't get to where we want to be go onto whatever outdoor space you can access and intentionally spend time absorbing the things that are around you. Um, you will discover that maybe there are some ants there, you know, that you ne never noticed before. Um, you know, just absorb that moment. So that's my advice is to get, however you can get outside, get outside and appreciate the space that you do have. Um, and I bet you find a new perspective there and things that you did not think that you would otherwise notice. I love it. I think that's great advice and very, very like pertinent to, it doesn't even matter, you know, whether it's right now when we're in a pandemic or when things are, you know, back to semi-normal, <laughs> but yeah, exactly. So I know that, uh, you're out on Instagram. How can people kind of participate in their own version of this challenge? Uh, what are some ways that you're encouraging that? How can we, um, I'll connect yeah. with you. I, well, first of all, I love to see other people's outdoor time. I find it so inspirational. And so I encourage folks to tag their uh, outdoor time every day with that hashtag humans outside 365. Um, so we can just build this sort of sense of community around creating this into an outdoor practice um, and encouraging each other to do that. Um, you can find me on humans out at humans outside on Instagram and on Facebook and share share whatever you're doing there. Um, and then, um, you know, connect with us on the Humans Outside podcast. Um, we've got just really, I, I mean, I'm a little biased because it's my podcast, but I have found all of the interviews that I've done um, for this just so inspirational and so interesting. Um, you know, the, today is um, April 23rd. So coming up next week, so a week from today, we'll have um, our interview with the forest therapist will air. Um, her name is Michelle Abbey. She's so interesting to hear that because I mean walking into that my first question was why do I need a forest therapist to help me go outside right like that's what I'm thinking yeah um, but she just had such an interesting perspective on mindfulness um, in the outdoors like we've been talking about um, and so I've just really enjoyed all of the interviews I've done for that um, but yeah just um, you know find us on Instagram share what you're doing tag uh, humans uh, hashtag humans outside 365 so we can see it um, and you'll find uh, you know about a thousand pictures from me on there because I've been doing this for a th almost a thousand days and that's really how I logged it um, this whole time was a picture a day on Instagram so when you started um, almost a thousand days ago um, 
what, you know, what have you learned in those days? Like, what would you go back and tell yourself to like whisper in your ear? Like, come on, Amy, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, I would tell myself that there, it really is no such thing as bad weather, it's just bad clothing. I would also <laughs> like go back in time and be like, just buy the jacket. Oh my God. Don't stress don't it. Be, yeah. Don't stress it and don't be so cheap. This will be like change your life. I got this new jacket this winter. It's like this huge puffy jacket. Okay. It's just so warm and I'm so happy when I'm wearing it. And I'm just like, why didn't you buy this three years ago? What is your problem? Uh, it was not that expensive. Okay. It, it's like just transformative. I live in Alaska guys, Alaska. It's really <laughs> cold here. And I've been walking around in like some sort of subpar puffy that I got an off brand, like on steep and cheap. I am not even kidding. All right. So my husband bought me this mountain hardware, like down substitute Jack moment of moment of silence for me and my former self. That's what I would tell myself, buy the right gear, come on. But no, but I, you know, I would say like, um, it's a matter of perspective. 20 minutes is a matter of perspective. If I am in the moment and dedicated to being out there and enjoying it, um, you know, equipping yourself properly helps certainly, but it's about wanting to do it. You can do anything that you want to do. There has been exactly one time that I did not want to be outside. Uh, and I was really hungover. So, <laughs> and I 100% stood there and watched my watch, watch. tick down because I was like, I got to go home now. Uh -oh. Right. Uh, every other time has been about perspective. And when I, I take, I, you can take cues from your, my, um, my now eight year old. He, that child will go outside crying. I don't want to go outside. I don't want to do this. And within five minutes, he is sprinting down the track, super stoked to be there. That's me without the crying and the sprinting, you know, <laughs> it's all bad right. attitude. So where did you get outside today? I have not yet done it. So it is 3 okay. 20 PM here. When we are done with our chat, I am sticking on my shoes. I feel like if I don't take advantage of the 50 degrees to go running, I am a fool. So I will be going, uh, I'll be running down this incredible bike path that we have. Our city or county has put in these bike paths. I'll be running down this bike path and it runs towards um, the perspective of one mountain range. It's just wow. absolutely incredible. And when you turn around and come back, you got another mountain range. Uh, and it's so inspirational and you run and you see these things or walk or whatever you're doing out there. And you can't but feel so small and so big. It's just this amazing thing. And then the other thing about this path is, I'd say about two thirds of the time when I'm out there, I will look up and there will be a bald eagle soaring over like way above. And I, I know it sounds crazy, but every time I see that, I'm like, oh good, this, this, glorious creature that sounds like a chicken. Okay. This screech that we all think bald eagles make is fake news, but this glorious majestic creature is signing off on me being out here. That's how I feel. It's like the blessing of the bald eagle. <laughs> well, now I feel like I have a lot to live up to over here with my 20 minutes outside. So <laughs> now, okay. You, you say that. All right. And I know you're, you're semi joking and semi not joking. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's, it's 
about being out there. It's not about yes. where you're doing it. And it's not about, you know, besting my mountain range. Cause like I get to live here and I get to be out there and they, I mean, I didn't put those mountain ranges there. There, there are, you know? Um, and I, how, what a fool would I be to not go see them? Right. Um, but I, I think that it's important to remember every single person watching this and listening to this has their own equivalent of that. Um, and it's not necessarily something astounding as a mountain range, but it is the leaves on the ground where you are, or this incredible flower that's only where you live. Or, you know, I've got the bald eagle, but I don't have cardinals here. I don't have any of these. I have chickadees. I don't have very many songbirds, you know? Um, so it's the songbirds that you get to see outside your house. When we lived in, in Tennessee, we had these daffodils that would come up in the early spring, you yes. know, and they're, they're blooming here in Michigan. Yes. And they bloom against the dead leaves. Um, it's just this incredible juxtaposition of spring and winter. Um, it's that it's stopping to notice and to appreciate these little things around you. And that's something we can do whether we're trapped in quarantine or not. That is a perfect way to end this, Amy. So I appreciate you coming on talking about uh, humans outside 365 and all the ways that we can get our butts out of the chair and into the outdoors. So thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun to talk about. Thanks again, Amy, for inspiring us all to get outside. Remember to use the hashtag humansoutside365 to show Amy what you're doing out there. Please check the show notes if you want to connect with Amy and also to connect with me. So until next time, see you on the trail. <laughs>